trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus And all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Pat Morita And Lee Blackburn With the Ohio Nuclear Free Network they are concerned with the Ohio House Bill 434, and we'll learn what it's about and what we can do about it. Pat Morida has been an anti-nuclear activist since the 1980s, when she was a board member of the Ohio Nuclear Weapons Freeze Campaign. For 25 years, she held volunteer positions with the Sierra Club, working on environmental issues and chairing the Ohio Sierra Club Nuclear Free Committee. She is currently a coordinator with the Ohio Nuclear Free Network. Lee Blackburn is one of the founding members of the Ohio Nuclear Free Network and is currently working to oppose Ohio House Bill 434, a senseless bill that provides no benefits, but could saddle the state with billions in losses. He is a former chief investment officer for a major real estate concern that invested some $3 billion in low to moderate income housing under his purview. He became concerned about radioactive materials and its deadly legacy after becoming familiar with the Portsmouth Gaseous Diffusion Plant in Southern Ohio, where uranium was initially enriched to weapons grade. Beginning in 1991 and until its relegation to cold standby in 2001, Ports, or the A plant as it's locally known, supplied low enriched uranium for nuclear reactors. And thanks to the tireless efforts of Senator Sheridan Brown, the Department of Energy was required in 2008 to establish a community-based site-specific advisory board to make recommendations to the Department of Energy on cleanup efforts at the site. Mr. Blackburn served as one of the founding members and still attends board meetings to provide testimony as a private citizen. Ohio House Bill 434 is relatively short, only 14 pages, and yet this bill is massive in scope, to quote your blog spot. So tell us, what's in it and why do we need to be concerned? Certainly, uh, proponent testimony was uh, presented today uh, in the Ohio Senate uh, Committee on Energy and Public Utilities. Uh, there were six individuals who spoke in favor of it. Uh, they have not had more than eight individuals at any one time uh, speak in favor of the bill. Of the six who spoke today, five of them are associated with an organization called E-Generation Foundation. Uh, and it is the organization that would benefit from House Bill 434, which is termed the Advanced Nuclear Technology Helping Energize Mankind Bill, or Anthem Act. As was mentioned by John Morrow, a member of E-Generation Foundation, in his testimony today, the founders of E-Generation have been trying since 2013 to get legislation passed that would provide for, among other things, a molten salt reactor. Molten salt reactor technology is old school technology that really didn't pan out. It was done in the 60s by um, the Department of Energy at Oak Ridge and uh, it was shut down four years after the fact. It had a number of temporary shutdowns because of massive corrosion caused by the salt in the reactors. 
in any case, this is the third major iteration of House Bill 434. The initial bill done a few years back was 56 pages. As you mentioned, the current bill is only 14 pages, of which six of those 14 pages are taken up by describing how the Ohio Nuclear Development Authority, the Oversight Board, would be set up. So you can see there's not much substance left to this bill. However, it is a bill that is all about nuclear, and it could create some tremendous problem. Um, one of the testimonies today provided by Dr. Edward File uh, talked about uh, how molten salt reactors can take spent nuclear fuel and dissolve it so that it's completely gone. What he just temporarily or, or uh, how shall I say, in passing mentioned was that this fuel has to be reprocessed before it can be used in the molten salt reactors. Unfortunately, reprocessing is illegal in the United States and has been for 30 years. So we need to keep in mind that everything pertaining to House Bill 434 is theoretical. None of this has ever been done before. And while there are those individuals who are working to try to make these reactors possible today, none are in operation as of right now. So Lee and Pat, some environmentalists <laughs> consider nuclear power green energy because there's no carbon. Can you talk about that? And is that something that they're advocating for this bill, saying it's good for Ohio and our environment? Yes, well, they're advocating a lot of things about this bill. And of course, one of them is that is the nuclear uh, uh, industry talk that nuclear power is, you know, clean and green and, and low carbon or no carbon. But actually, they're only talking about no carbon being in the in the nuclear chain reaction itself. Uh, there's a huge amount of carbon uh, released and energy needed for the uranium mining, the milling, the refining, and the fuel fabrication. All about how a nuclear power plant gets its fuel is just highly energy intensive and highly polluting. These huge mines uh, with, with large tailing piles and tailing ponds are located, unfortunately, on... Native American lands quite often, and the lands of marginalized people. And then we also have the waste, the energy that's going to be taken to isolate the waste for hundreds of thousands, even millions of years, there's going to be dangerous radioactivity generated. Uh, and all along the way, all through all of this, radioactivity escapes all through the um, trucking and, and um, other industries. Now, what is different about this bill? Is it illegal right now to, to build a nuclear reactor? Or why, why this bill? Why do, do they want this state house to pass this? What's the necessity of it? Well, it, it, they haven't come right out and said it, but it appears that uh, they have tried on uh, several occasions to get funding from the federal government and have not been successful. So they've turned their attention to the state. 
basically saying that, well, the state needs to contribute as well as the national government in funding for nuclear. So it's, uh, uh, from my perspective, a money grab. So can you tell us, kind of break down this bill, um, the main facets of it, and explain to us why we have to fight this bill? Well, the bill would create, uh, it basically would simply create an Ohio Nuclear Development Authority. And um, so that group is charged with research and development of a new nuclear reactor, what they call advanced. And the problem with a new state authority is that what exactly what is it? Uh, and there's only, Ohio only has one authority right now, and it is listed on the website with the Ohio agencies. Now, the difference between an agency and, a, and an authority is murky, but state authorities, they can conduct business outside of the typical accountability requirements for things like employment practices, contracts, procurement procedures, financial reporting, and, and they can dip, issue bonds, they can dip into public treasuries. So it sounds a little bit, is it something like Jobs Ohio? Is it a, you know, it's kind of a bit separate? from accountability by the public, and it's like a private, uh, private public entity. Is that what they're trying to create? Um, so yes, one of the most serious problems with this bill is that this new authority that they are proposing would be put under the auspices of the Ohio Department of Development, and they write contracts for Jobs Ohio. And there are Jobs Ohio is a public-private industry. There are, ex, there are extraordinary limitations on public access uh, to Jobs Ohio that were were written into law uh, more than a decade ago. So it's Jobs Ohio is beyond the reach of the Ohio Open Records Act, it, you know, ethics laws. They're beyond the reach of the Sunshine Act and also the Ohio Administrative Procedures Act. So the secrecy is one of the of the hugest problems of this bill. And it would basically mean that um, you could have a reactor built right next door to you and you wouldn't even know it. And maybe not even know it once it's complete. There's no need to let the public know. Well, aren't these, what size are these reactors? Are they small? Well, they're, they're talking about research reactors, but... Uh, you know, that's the camel's nose under the tent. I'm sure that uh, they'll quickly turn them into small modular reactors, which can be up to 200 megawatts in power, which is about one-fifth the size of a standard nuclear reactor operating today. I see. So they could be you know, more um, hidden. Folks, like you say, wouldn't know that this is happening next door to them? Sure. You know, or you could drive by it every day and not know what it was that they were building. So. As the group, Ohio Nuclear Free Network, is it because nuclear or, I mean, all things nuclear you are against, or is this bill, what they're trying to do with this old technology, the salt, molten salt technology, it's particularly bad, or is it just the industry is not sustainable? Yes. Pat or Lee? <laughs> <laughs> My simple answer to that question is yes, all of the above. Um, there, there's lots of different issues pertaining to it. There's also issues pertaining to present day operating nuclear reactors. There's been a number of issues with Davis-Bessey. Uh, there have been some with Perry. 
Um, as you mentioned in my introduction, I sat on the board for the site-specific uh, advisory board down in Piketon, Ohio, for an enrichment facility. There are issues there. There's issues with the cleanup. There's uh, off-site contamination. Uh, there was a report that was just completed by Joe Mangano from uh, New Jersey. Uh, he's an epidemiologist. Uh, he looked at uh, deaths related to the county of Piketon and found that uh, it's twice the average within the state. Uh, there have been a number of news programs uh, in Cincinnati about the problems related to that particular facility. So it's hard to find anything that's really good about nuclear. There's been way too many problems associated with it. As Pat indicated, you know, after 70 years, we still don't know what to do with the waste. And they'll tell you that, yeah, well, we'll just chop it up and dump it into these molten salt reactors and, and be done with it. But that's not reality. Reality is that this stuff is going to be around for thousands of years. What's your main issue personally? What what resonates the deepest for you, Pat? And then I want to hear you, Lee. I mean, there's so many reasons why folks need to know about this bill and, and fight it. But Pat, what's your number one reason? Okay, well, I... Um... I'm a pharmacist by profession, and back in 1981, I read Carl Sagan's book, uh, of Cosmos, and the last chapter was about nuclear weapons and nuclear war, and I was just so appalled by, by that, that I started getting active in anti-nuclear issues, as you mentioned in your introduction. And um, I am not a nuclear engineer, but I've studied physics, I've had courses in that, and I, uh, I do understand the biology of how, how radioactivity affects human cells. And it's deadly. It's like a small nuclear reaction happening in your, you know, inside your body. Uh, if it gets, if you inhale it, if you ingest it, it's, it's, it's incredibly dangerous. Down there at Piketon at the Portsmouth nuclear site, which Lee was talking about, the Department of Labor under, under the workers' compensation has given out 1.1 billion dollars in health uh, costs for workers there mm. uh, who've had illnesses that were were caused by the plant, and we assume that most of those were caused by radioactive exposures. And we're you know certainly well, lots of people have died, and there are two class action lawsuits down there by families of people who have become ill. So. That's that's my that's my background and yes our group the Ohio Nuclear Free Network is indeed uh, opposed to nuclear power and weapons we make the connection between the two that nuclear power is a front for the weapons and that it must be kept in place in order to justify uh, the weapons there's the technology overlaps the uh, education overlaps the funding overlaps Interesting. Thank you, Pat. How about you, Lee? What's your number one reason why you're well, so there's, there's a number of reasons. Uh, you know, Pat uh, pointed out one that uh, seriously bothers me, and that's um, the fact that our government is not truthful about nuclear and about what's going on. You know, I, Pat mentioned that the Department of Labor has paid out $1.1 billion, that's B, billion, to individuals who have 
in one way or another suffered from the piped in plant. Yet at the same time, the Department of Energy will say, everything's fine, it's all safe, there are no issues. To your question pertaining to what the biggest issue is for me, it's probably the fact that uh, when something goes wrong, it creates a nuclear dead zone. If we take a look at Chernobyl, if we take a look at Fukushima, these are areas that uh, you know are going to be uninhabitable for centuries. And as we build more of these reactors, as we have more accidents, we're going to have more of these little pockets in the world of areas where nothing exists. Nobody can, can live there. And, you know, our world is crowded as it is. We don't need more dead zones. I hear you. Thank you. Let's go back to House Bill 434. Where are we and how popular is it and how possible is it to pass in the Senate? It's already passed in the House. So now it's going before the Senate. So is the Republican majority at the state house pro this bill? And how can we stop it if, if, if indeed we must? Well, that's, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> but this bill, this, the legislators really don't know about this bill and they don't probably know a lot about nuclear energy. And so they don't know what questions to ask. And like in the test, in the proponent testimony today, they were talking about all the wonders of nuclear power, never mentioning the bill. None of the things they talked about today, all the proponents, they weren't really about the bill. They were about all the things they were going to create. They were going to solve all the problems. They were going to have, uh, solve, they were going to use up all the nuclear waste in the, in, in the country. They were going to, uh, uh, they're talking about space exploration and they're talking about peace. Global peace and security, and they're talking about, uh, uh, gosh, it's hard, just about everything wonderful. All of the disadvantages of nuclear power were kind of claimed to be advantages. There's no, there's uh, no deaths from nuclear power. We're all trained to accept the uh, wisdom of the experts as it relates to anything. And when those experts don't tell you the truth, it's hard to know that it's not the truth, especially when you don't quite understand uh, how it works or, or how it operates. You know, one day in the testimony today, Dr. File had talked about lowering costs because he was asked by Senator Craig, uh, how do we deal with the issue of cost? And uh, his answer <laughs> kind of afford me. He said, well, you know, we need to better train our personnel. So I guess the answer to bringing down the cost of nuclear is better training of individuals who operate these reactors. <laughs> Not to be outdone by that, John Morrow, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, testified that uh, they are shooting for a levelized cost of electricity from molten salt reactors of two cents per kilowatt hour. Now, that would be the lowest price imaginable. And uh, I actually went back and took a look at his sources. Uh, his source was primarily from 2020, which was a review of documents that went back as far as 2002. Uh, they did include a table in the 2020 report that uh, showed 
inflation adjusted numbers. And um, at best, it was about double what he said. But, you know, let's keep in mind that this is all theoretical. This is all just projections. And, you know, know that there is there had never been a reactor in the U.S. that was built on time and on budget. Take, for instance, the most recent reactor that's being completed in, in Georgia, Vogel. That reactor is going to end up costing twice as much and be years beyond when they said that they would bring it online. So you have to take whatever they say with more than just a grain of salt. Back to your question, I'm sorry, Pat, back to your question as to uh, the possibility of it passing. I think there's a a very good possibility. I mentioned uh, earlier that this is the third iteration of this particular bill. The first one, and all three were uh, were introduced originally in the House by the same legislator, um, Representative Stein. And the first bill never made it out of committee. The second bill not only made it out of committee, but it was passed by the House and went to the Senate and uh, did not come out of the committee in the Senate. It appears that uh, they probably did not have enough votes on the Senate floor to pass it on on the floor. This one very quickly made it through the House and has gone over to the Senate. They held a sponsor testimony. When was that, Pat? May? Um, Spring sometime. Yeah, sometime around there. Uh, And then they adjourned, and this is the second hearing on it. This was proponent testimony. They'll probably have opponent testimony, which will give Pat and I a chance to testify against it next week. But, um, you know, several members of the committee, you know, came right out and praised at least one of the presenters today, which indicates to me that they have no problem with the bill and they are likely to vote for it. So now the issue is really whether or not they'll have enough votes on the Senate floor. And uh, we need to do everything within our means to keep it from happening. Pat, now I'll defer to you. <laughs> so, well, I was just going to say that, you know, that there's a difference between the cost of operating reactors and the cost of new nuclear reactors. And so the Lazard, which is an investment bank, uh, just sent out, put out their 2021 report. And that said that the cost of new nuclear is somewhere between four and five times more expensive for ratepayers than wind or solar, somewhere in between there. And we don't want to be subsidizing our taxpayers subsidizing something I don't want to pay four to five times more for my electricity. And that gets to what, you know, what people, what listeners to this program might be able to do. Yes. To- what what can concerned citizens do today? Today is, let's see, November 29. And they have the uh, proponent testimony today, and they're probably going to have it next, the opponent testimony next Tuesday, correct? Correct. Okay. So we have a couple minutes. Tell us what you need from concerned citizens. So they can go to our website, uh, which is you can do a search for Ohio Nuclear Free Network, or you can go to onfn.blogspot.com. And there are instructions about how people can 
contact their senators, which is really the most important thing. You can contact your own senators, and there are email addresses to um, to also contact all the senators. So people could just write one letter and send it by email to those particular senators. And folks can find their senators by using their address on the legislature's website. And all that is on our the Ohio Nuclear <laughs> the Ohio Nuclear Free Network website. And then it's really important also if people can write testimony and they can use the same letter and submit it probably next weekend as official testimony. That will go into the record. That letter will go online. And that would be very important if folks could could do that. All right. You know, be aware that um, submitting testimony is different than actually going down to the state house and presenting testimony. You can submit a letter saying that you object to it and have it entered into the record without having to go down and, and testify. Correct. And there's a wonderful resource on Facebook. It's how things work at the Ohio State House that folks can go to to get more information if they want to learn about this bill, if they want to write a testimony and how to do it, where to submit it. So it's called How Things Work at the Ohio State House. And the administrator is Rachel Coyle, and she's very, very helpful and knowledgeable. So my friends, on a scale of zero to 10, how radioactive is this bill? Lee? Oh, about 11. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. How about you, Pat? Well, well, I'll, I'll agree to that. And I okay. wanted to add uh, that, that, that we have 28 very concise talking points about this bill. People can learn more and, and use those uh, when they, if they write and if they phone. So, so they'll go to your blog spot, which is the Ohio Nuclear Free Network on Blogspot, and they can get those 28 talking points. So when yep. they do write this and test and or testify, they have that good information. Correct. Yes. Yes. The fact that this bill is so small has allowed us to come up with lots of problems with it. There's lots of things that uh, should be in the bill that just aren't there. Okay. And All one right. of the biggest things is, is cost. Cost and accountability as well. I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about that um, separate agency that they're, you know, the industry wants to take away um, oversight. Well, it's our time right now. Thank you so much today for joining us. We'll look for your testimony next week. At It is the Ohio Senate Energy and Public Utilities Committee. And um, folks, if you're interested, you can show up and just be there for support as well. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much, Pat and Lee, with the Ohio Nuclear Free Network. Thank you, Carolyn, and everything you do on your wonderful show. We certainly appreciate being invited. All right. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org, 92.798.3 in Columbus, and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP, Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.